You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. We're currently in a series entitled Joyful. Now, the goal of this series is for us to understand the joy that we are supposed to have in Christ. The more joy that we have in our relationship with God, that is going to trickle down or to overflow in the relationships that we have. And it's going to give us the purpose and the security for us to bless other people as well. And today we're in the second installment and we are going to talk about the joy in relationships. But don't take this wrong, this is not only for the romantic type of relationship, but this also applies to the friends that you have, the classmates, any type of relationship with your family and your friends. So in all types of relationships and I do believe, and as I've read this book called the Bible, I do understand that it's God's will for us to be in a relationship. Again, when I say relationship, the entirety of the preaching, it's all about all relationships. So, dili lang niya romantic relationships. It is God's desire for us to be in a relationship. The desire for us to love and to be loved, that is given by God. So, it's not, we are designed to find love and for us to give love as well. And the perfect example of that is the Holy Trinity. As we know, they're in perfect unity and they have these different roles, but the same power and the same value. That right there is a perfect example of what a relationship should be. And aside from that, if God's desires for us to be in a relationship, it's also the enemy's desire naman for us to be alone, for us to be secluded. That is the desire of the one who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy the joy that we have in God. So again, we are meant to have meaningful relationships filled with joy. Now, how do we do that? We're going to answer the questions, what does it mean to be in a relationship? What is the purpose of relationships? And how do I get the fullness of joy in a relationship? So allow me to read these verses right here, taken from Philippians. That's chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. It says here, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others." Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every name, every knee, should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Alright, so we are now currently in chapter 2 of Philippians, and we continue in the letter of Paul. Last week, Pastor Archie exhorted to us Philippians 1. And there we saw the joy that he had as he was writing this letter to the church of Philippi. He was actually in prison in Rome. But every time you read this right here, you feel the joy of Paul. That even in life, 
in death, whether mabuhi siya or mamatay siya, as long as the gospel is being preached, then his joy is going to be completed. That was only possible simply because Paul found something, a purpose greater than himself. Diba sometimes we have that nga, we wanna join certain organizations or a certain cause because deep in our hearts, we are actually designed to be like that by God. That we are to find a purpose, a calling that is greater than ourselves. To find joy, even in suffering, is to find a purpose and a calling that is greater than himself. It just so happened that for Paul, it was advancing God's kingdom. And this same call continues to still be present even to this day. And that is the same call that we are called here. That is to honor God and to make disciples. And let me just show this to you, that it transcends through time and distance. Even up until this point, the kingdom of God is being advanced. Whether we partake of it or not, whether we like it or not as Christians, the call of God is going to be fulfilled. So that being said, if it's going to be fulfilled with or without us, now, that gives us that this right here, the call that we have is something that is of great responsibility, but at the same time, it is of great privilege to be part of the church of God. And I hope we take that by heart. Now, our calling again is to preach the gospel, again, to have the relationship with God, to enjoy the relationship that we have with God. And through that relationship, we are going to share the gospel to other people through our very lives. Again, it's our call to honor God and make disciples. It's not only for full-time ministers. It's not only for the missionaries or for those who are here on stage, retreat group leaders. But I believe that this call right here is for all of us. Now, going back to what Paul was saying last week, as he ended the, the chapter, Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30, there he actually told us how to counter or how for us to fight and be strong against external conflicts. That's verses 27 to 30. I encourage you to read that back. So as we start, Philippians chapter 2, it says, Therefore, so every time we read this word right here, therefore, it encourages us to really study verses before that verse or that chapter before that, because it is a conclusion. So this right here naman, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, since we now know how to act against external conflicts, Paul is telling us how to act naman against internal conflicts. And isn't it na sometimes it's harder to deal with internal conflicts na, yes, there's going to be persecutions, there's going to be troubles outside a circle, but sometimes what really breaks a circle is our relationships are internal conflicts. It could be as simple as relationships with your friends. Sometimes naman your problema from external sources. But sometimes what really breaks the friendship is the two of you quarreling or not being in unity. Friendships, families, even governments, countries, and sad to say even churches. A lot of churches actually begin to split simply because of disunity or the internal conflicts. Now, this is what we're going to tackle here. To be in a relationship, to be in that circle, what do we need to do to tackle those internal conflicts? Verse 1 says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, so verse 1 tells us now there are things now we need or a prerequisite. Like, ako, before I become a full-time minister, I am actually a software engineer. And for two years, I have worked in Cebu. And as a programmer, we are 
familiar with programming flows or flowcharts. So this right here, you begin to see a path that the program could take their decision points or conditions, inputs, outputs, decision points, and predefined functions or processes. Now this right here, as we read verse 1, it is an if point. So if ikaw, you're reading this, you are in the Church of Philippi, then you are going to, okay, before I continue, so I need to encounter these things right here. The first one, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, of course, there is encouragement of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5 says, For as the sufferings of Christ abounded us, so as long as there is suffering, guess what? So our consolation also abounds through Christ, or our encouragement through Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 says, Paul says that God has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. The word consolation right here is the same word na encouragement. It is the Greek word paraklesis, which is more than soothing sympathy. It's the idea of strengthening or helping or making strong. It also means brave. Now, at the end of the day, if you are being comforted, if you're being encouraged in Christ, then the after effect of it is you are going to be brave. It's not only nga okay ka, but it's beyond okay. You're going to be encouraged to fight, to fight another day, to tackle your your circumstances, the circumstances that you have around you will not change, but what would change is the inside, that you are now ready to tackle the circumstances head on simply because there is encouragement in Christ. The love of God in our life makes us strong and makes us brave. Charles Spurgeon says that the Holy Spirit consoles, but Christ is the consolation. If I may use the figure, the Holy Spirit is the physician, but Christ is the medicine. In Christ, there is encouragement. So, kumbaga, this is a rhetorical thing to say here. And a sad life for us is kita, as Christians, as we begin to browse through our feed or sa ang social media accounts, may it be for from us na ang atong encouragement will be coming from memes or from quotes na makita nato sa Facebook. I hope and pray those things, seemingly, they are good, but apart from Christ, they are all going to fail. There is always a loophole. But I hope and pray that our encouragement is in Christ alone. Again, of course, there is encouragement in Christ. The second thing that he says here, if there is any comfort from love, of course there is comfort in love, right? If one is to know Jesus, then he is to know the comfort of love. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says that God is the God of comfort. There is no way that He cannot comfort us and no circumstance is beyond His comfort. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, whatever gives you anxiety, fear, confusion, whatever it is, guess what? No circumstance is beyond His comfort. The reason why we don't feel the comfort is that we're not submitting those things to Christ. We feel like we can solve it on our own and we'd rather solve it on our own. But guess what? If only we lift them up, we lay them down to Christ, there is always comfort in love. More than comfort, this is comfort of love. And of course, there is comfort in love. The next thing he says, if there is any participation in the Spirit. The word participation there is the Greek word kononeia or the word fellowship. It is the sharing of things in common. We share life in the Spirit of God that we never knew before. The Holy Spirit fills 
and guides and moves in our lives in a powerful and precious way. The moment that we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is all the more activated. It becomes stronger in our lives. Come on, Temo. The moment you become Christian, you attended church or you attended victory groups or one-to-ones, there are times in your life na before, okay naman nimo, like things or any circumstance that is not honoring to God, okay lang nimo. But now, there is that small voice that says, you know what, that is not honoring to God. Or, are you really sure that you're going to do that? We call it conscience, but that is actually the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is always present in every believer. That is the best thing. When we say that God is everywhere, that is the Holy Spirit that is in us. That still small voice that reminds us of the scripture that we read, that is one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in us. That is why it's important for us to read the scriptures. Because there is nothing to remind us of if we don't read our Bible. Right? Now, of course, there is fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Lastly, if there is any affection and sympathy, these all things right here, or the other Quran translation says, if you have a heart and if you care, grabe kayo ang Quran, exhortation ni Paul. But of course, we all have hearts. So, all these things are actually rhetorical statements right here. Meaning, it's as if, kulang na lang moingon si Paul, if in it ang fire, if basa ang water, if gahi ang stone, it's like common sense. It's automatic. It's matic kumbaga. These things right here, we always experience if we have that genuine relationship with God. And I hope and pray that these things right here is not a thing na ah, familiar ako ana, murag head knowledge kabalo ko ana. If now kay relationship ni God, oh, there is comfort in love, there's encouragement in Christ. No, I hope and pray that each one of us here experiences it for ourselves. Because if you don't, and the only thing that you can say na you only go to church and hear it and you get encouraged, anindot kayong preaching, kayo nasakitan ko, naigugyo kayo but you don't do anything about it, that is the greatest tragedy that we can ever have in our lifetime. We were so close to Christ, but not close enough. Again, that is my prayer for all of us, that we experience those things and more in Christ. Each of these gifts, consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection and mercy, are communicated to us directly, spiritually, by Christ. And the moment that we experience it, it is supposed to be experienced by others around us, through us. Guess what? We have a great purpose. You like it or not, that is something that the people experiences around us if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and if we are filled in Christ. Continuing on, verse 2 says, Complete my joy. This is a personal request. This Paul right here is actually the one who planted the church in Philippi. He is like the founding father of the church. And this right here, he says, Complete my joy. This is a personal request. Imagine someone that you respect, someone that you have a great reverence with, or someone nga. Dako kay kagrespetari. Or for the basketball fans, if Michael Jordan comes to you, pwede mo hangyo. Imagine how awesome that would be, right? So this right here says, complete my joy. Hoping that his leadership means something to the church. It says here, complete my joy. How? By being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and one mind. This is actually basically the same thing. It's like, the same mind, the same love, being in full accord, 
and one mind. Or other versions, it says intent of the same purpose. So basically, this is a call for them to be in unity. These together all speak of the same idea, a deep, abiding, internal unity among the Philippians. Guess what? As Christians, as believers, we are called to be in unity. That's what I love about the church community that we have. In times now, you are down, there's always people that would support you. And I love how each other supports the businesses right here. Because that is how we are called. We are called to be united. That is the hashtag goals of a church. This is what separates us. This is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. People will know that we have Christ in us, that we are really a church if we are united. But if when people see us, that kita, churchmates, and they see us online, magdebate pata on things or magaway pata, then do you think people would get encouraged that is Christ really real or what's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to be united for people to see what it means to live a life in a community in Christ. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Imagine if all of us here have that same mind, that same heart, same love in full accord and in one mind. How do we do this? There are three things in order for us to do this. It says here, the first one is, do nothing in selfish ambition or conceit. These actually in the following verses, but allow me to read this or to make this a bulleted or numbered points. Second is, count others significant than yourselves. Look not only in your interests, but on others' interests as well. Now, who among you here can honestly tell me nga, these are things na natural sa inyo ah. Na when you go out there with your friends or in your uncle and family, these are the very things na automatic pag ninyo. Do nothing in selfish ambition. Count others more significant than yourselves. Grabe ka, siya, mas maya gito. Mas maya gito siya na ako and I am happy about it. Na mag-post mo, maglanta mo sa Insta stories, inyo makita, sakay kailangan, how can I bless this person? Okay, I tell you, when I was actually preparing this right here, grabi ang revelations to God of how wretched we truly are. Ako, I have also cried out to God while making this preaching because truly, these are not the nature of men. We are not raised in our country, in our nation, or the entirety of the world. This is not how we were raised. We see around us things that this is all about competition. Who has better, who has more was bigger, who has more money, the farther that we have went, it's always about records and labels, it's always about the badges and awards. It's always about that, who is the best? Because that is the sinful nature that we have. We always advance our own things or promote ourselves. Isn't it that even sometimes when we do good things, deep inside in our hearts, it's the purpose or the motive that we have is that so that other people would see how good I am. That's how wretched we are. That's how sinful we are. But again, let me encourage you. Okay, Let us just acknowledge that that is the hearts so that all the more we can adjust and we can address those things. Verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition. In the flesh, we're often motivated by selfish ambition or conceit. Much of what we do is not done out of love for others. 
But out of our own desire for advancement and promotion, Paul found it important to say selfish ambition. Because the word ambition right here is a godly thing that we are to have. The ambitions that we have, it's not bad to have ambitions. It's not bad to wish and to pray for things for our families, for ourselves. No, it's not bad to have those things. And I believe that every desire that we have right in our hearts is actually given by God. But it is not to be selfish alone. If there is someone that is selfish in the relationship, it would actually not work. Again, talking about relationships, the best way to kill a relationship To destroy a relationship is to be selfish. That's the only thing that you need to do if you want to destroy a relationship. And while preparing for this, I have research about relationships since relationships. And there's actually a great number of breakups that happen on Valentine's Day. Oh, imagine, bulagan mo Valentine's Day as kita. And here are the top reasons for those breakups. Number one, too much expectation. Second is comparisons. When we look at ourselves, nanong siya, grabe kayo, hatagang bulak ako. Bisag bumbil na lang or bugenvilya na lang. Wala mong gani ko. Murag, ah. Murag, insensitive kay ka. Did you go, did you go ni mo love? Ah. Thirdly, internal conflicts by people within the relationship. So these three right here are the main things or the main reasons for breakups. And guess what? It all boils down to three things. Me, myself, and I. These things right here actually screams selfishness and conceit. It's a, even a sad thing to say that we are called a selfie generation. Grabe ang selfies. Imagine, pila ka selfies a day? Globally, ang nasa cloud, it's 93 million selfies a day. That's still 2019 pa na siya. So I'm betting na mas daghan pa karon Mga 93 million and one siguro. Again, we are called a selfie generation. But guess what? It's actually a sad thing to say that we are all selfish. We always say na, it's not you, it's me. Oh, but the reality is, it's all about you. Conceit is the ancient Greek word, kenodoxia. It is thinking too highly of oneself, of having an excessive self-interest and self-preoccupation, an excessively favorable opinion on one's own ability, importance, or wit. But the greatest, kumbaga, description of this is it's an empty pride or glory. At the end of the day, if you think about yourself and yourself alone, that's when you become lonely. That at the end of it, even the most successful persons can oftentimes be the loneliest persons as well. May it be far from us, no? And when we live in conceit, we are actually departing from God's will. Because the tendency when we do that, when we are conceited, when we only think about ourselves, then we are actually up far from God's will because the will of God is for unity. Again, going back to the few verses kanina, we're called to be united, never to elevate a single individual. It says here, but in humility, it says, humility is something that is contradictory to our culture, right? Humility is something na it's only for the weak. If you're humble, example, if mag-apply ka, if humble kay ka nga, gamayra kong na-achieve, di ba? Oftentimes, you are not accepted in a job. You need to elevate yourselves. But guess what? The Bible does not talk about those things. Humility is something that is the least attractive thing in quote-unquote woke world, but it is oftentimes the noblest thing that is asked by God. 
Entitlement, and sometimes we think that the world revolves around us. Even in the olden times, people think that everything revolves around the earth. That the sun, the moon, the rest of the galaxy revolves, revolves around the earth. That's how conceited and how selfish we are. But it says here, Charles Spurgeon said that the apostle knew that to create concord, you need to first beget loneliness of mind. Men do not quarrel when their ambitions have come to an end. That again, this is talking about selfish ambitions. We are called to be united. We are called to be as one. And the moment that we wish not to elevate ourselves, again, the ambition is still there, but when we look at others as well, while doing that, then there is unity. Imagine if each one of us here would simply want to serve. Isn't it that the things that we would want, we could still get simply because there are other people thinking about us. Now imagine if every individual, every leader that we have from the barangay captains to the presidents of the countries, their thinking is only to serve and to serve others. Imagine what kind of nation that we would actually have. That is the reason why we do this. It's the reason why we preach the gospel, especially to the next generation, so that we can see that they come to pass. It says they count others more significant than yourselves. The Bible knows nothing of the idea that we should and must carry an attitude of confidence, superiority in every situation. And knows nothing of the idea that the foundation for human personality. Sometimes we think that this is necessary. Our strength, when we always think about ourselves, we don't even open up to others simply because we need to protect ourselves. It's only vulnerability if we begin to open up to other people. But as we esteem others better, we will naturally have a concern for the needs of others. It says here that the world compares significance, achievements, and titles. But God considers concerns, sacrifices, and services for others. This sort of outward-looking mentality naturally leads to unity among the people of God. The less we think of ourselves, the more we think of the advancement of God's kingdom. Imagine, if I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, then a marvelous thing happens. We have a community where everyone is looked up to, and no one is looked down on. That's the reason why there's a lot of causes right now to advance, like uh, it could be the Black Lives Matter or women empowerment, simply because it's advancing one's goal. But imagine that if everyone, every single person here on earth, only advances the cause of the community, then there would actually be equality. Verse 4, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also in the interest of others. Here, the thought is completed. As we put away our selfish ambitions, as we put them away, our conceit, our tenderness to be high-minded, to be self-absorbed, we will naturally have a greater concern for the interests of others. Again, it is not wrong to look out for our own interests, but we should not only, the keyword there is not only look out for our own interests, but for others as well. Let me give you an example of, person, of someone who have elevated himself, the first person to be so selfish. It says here, Isaiah 14, verses 13 to 14 says, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will set on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. This is Lucifer himself or Satan. It's the enemy right here. The first person to actually be selfish, to advance himself. And guess what happens to him? We all know the story. 
he fell, and he is now the leader of the enemy. Verse 6, who, though he was in the form of God, on the other hand naman, that's Lucifer right there, that is an angel of God, and he was supposed the best to be the best of the best, but we look at here, the very Son of God, Jesus, who modeled sacrifice. It says here now, through, he was in the form of God. The word form there is the word morphe, always signifies a form which truly and fully expresses that being which underlies it. Hence, that being on an equality of God. Christ is 100% God. Or Jesus, when he came down here on earth, he was 100% God. Imagine, he left the heavens where thousands and even a multitude of angels were worshiping him. Everything was perfect, but he sacrificed out of love to be in a relationship with us. He came down here on earth and became 100% man. He was vulnerable to everything that we, we experience. But still, he did all these things for love. He sacrificed himself. Yes, he was still 100% God. But he did not count it in equality with God. A thing to be grasped or something. He was not entitled. I am God, so I am not meant to suffer. That was the cry of God. Again, Jesus was 100% God, yet Jesus did not cling on to the prerogatives and privileges of deity. He could have ended everything faster. It's not impossible for God to actually solve every problem that we have. But out of that relationship, He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know that He cares. Now the question lies, if Jesus modeled sacrifice for us as believers, How much are we willing to sacrifice? How much are we willing to give ourselves out to other people? How much that is ours are we willing to share for other people out of the relationship we have? As friends, as being part of the family, in any relationship that is. How much are we willing to sacrifice? Verse 7 says, But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Friends, church, Christ came here on earth, became 100% man, but he did not become a simple man. He was not even became a royalty. If he, he wanted to make it a quick solution, he could have become a prince or a king, or he simply came down here on earth as a mature man, but he was willing to go through the process to be birthed by the virgin birth, to become man, to grow, to experience what we're experiencing so that when he says that he understands we can feel it. The word there is kenosis. When we say that being emptied, it's the renunciation of the divine nature. But when we say emptied, he did not actually empty himself of being a deity. He did not become 0% God. But he added humanity on top of it, taking the form of a servant. Now, if God right there was willing to do that, to sacrifice every perfect thing that he had in heaven, every authority, every power, that is in heaven, to come down here on earth for you and I, for us sinners, as followers of Christ, my question is, how much are we willing to serve? Oh, personally, I appreciate all the service ministries that we have here. They are not being paid, but every time you see everything here, it seems like everything is excellent, right? Because we want to serve you guys the same way that God served. Imagine that the God that we worship came down here on earth He was willing to wash the feet of the disciples. He was willing to mingle with the sinners. How much are we willing to serve people around us? I hope and pray that you tackle this, you deal with these things with God. And 
out of your relationship, ask the question, Lord, how do you want me to serve? It could be with your family. For the students, as simple as saying na, Mapa, ako yung manghugas tonight. Small thing lang siya, but it's actually a big thing for our parents or for the people at home. How much are we willing to serve? Verse 8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Verse 3, Jesus modeled submission. When I always hear that Jesus modeled submission, I always think of the event at the Garden of Gethsemane. How many of you are familiar with that? When Christ was actually praying, He was praying, and the wholeness of Him being God, and the wholeness of Him being human, actually fighting. He says that, Lord, if it is possible, God, take this cup away from me. What was that cup that He is saying right there? Is it not... Wine lang ba? Now, siguro pwede rato niya ihatag sa disciples if that was just a simple cup of wine. But that cup right there represented the suffering that he needed to suffer. The pain, the wounds, the distance he needed to suffer. The death that he was to die on. Which is actually the most painful way to die at that point. And the most humiliating thing or death that he could possibly die of at that time. God was willing to suffer the most painful, to be humiliated in the worst way possible. Why? It's out of love. It's out of wanting to be in a relationship with you. So the next time that we think about that relationship with God, I hope and pray that we don't take it so li- ever so lightly. Because the reality is your sins, my sins, our sins, it's already been paid for. And it's not you who paid for it. And it's not a simple price to pay. God was willing to submit to the will of the Father so that He can serve us and to be in a relationship with us. He humbled Himself to the point of that even in the death of the cross. Now the question stands as followers of Christ. How much are we willing to submit to Christ? Yes, there are certain decisions that we are to make certain path that we are to take. Each one of us have our own ambitions, our own dreams. But are we willing to obey and submit to the will of God in order for us to do that? Are we willing to wait, to take the process, to endure all the sufferings as we wait upon the promise of God? Or do we cut everything short and grasp everything for ourselves? Saying, Lord, you need Lord. I believe that it is you who has given me the desire to be rich, Lord. But Lord, Pili na ako kay years nag-business, pili na ako nag-years na naningkamot. But Lord, asa naman God? I think you need help, God. Then we begin to compromise. In relationships, God says, wait, I'm going to give you the best of the best of the best. Go through the process and be filled by me so that you will have the fullness of joy when the right time comes. But are we willing to submit to that will of the Father and wait for the perfect person that God has prepared for us? as He prepares us even? Or are we the ones who are fast to compromise and grab whatever opportunity that we can to cut everything short? Lord, chat-chat raman ni Lord. Quarantine bitaw, online rabitaw, di bitaw may makita, Lord. Lord, ako rabitaw ni, wala bitaw ko yung mapasakitan. Are we willing to submit to Christ the things of comfort, the things of quote-unquote pleasure, in order for us to honor Him and have that joy of having a relationship with God. How much are we willing to submit to Christ? 
Now, as we look at here, when Christ modeled to us submission, service, and sacrifice, guess what the result was? Jesus was exalted as Lord. Verses 10 to 11 says, So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. When there is sacrifice, when submission is given, when there is service that is given, guess what? The fulfillment of joy is being completed. You ask me how to be in a relationship or how to complete the joy in a relationship, to be fulfilled in a relationship, and here comes the answer. Jesus modeled it for us. Submit, sacrifice, serve one another. It's not only me, me, me. When things don't go our way, we stop the relationship. No. Relationship always go both ways. Here, we see that Jesus is exalted as Lord and says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. It is a complete submission of everyone here on earth. And it will come to pass. Now we are still in the process of sanctification. The advancement of kingdom is still being advanced. But it will come to pass that in word and in deed, every single person before us, after us, will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are you willing to be part of that? Are you willing to endure the life that right now? Friends, do not enjoy much of your time here. We are called to sacrifice, to serve, and to submit. Why? Because this is not the final destination that we have. We are not residents of earth. We are residents of heaven. The reason why we suffer here, because this is not our home court. Our home court is in heaven. From this, we can say that there is the sense of completion as Jesus returned to heaven with more than he had when he left heaven. Not only did he return with his humanity still added to his deity, but he also returned with the recognition planted among men of who he was and worship he deserved. So how do we respond knowing all these things? We are called to be part of the church. There is a reason why you are here right now because God called you to be part of this church God did not just call you to be an attendee of the Sunday service, but He wants you to be connected. There is more to a church than just a Sunday service. We're meant to live life together, to fellowship together, to eat together, to have fun together, to sacrifice together, to submit together, to serve together. And I hope and pray that you allow yourself to be connected. We are called to be part of the church, to have relationships with God, and with people. Relationships are always messy. You know why relationships are always messy? With people. Because you are involved. Because I am involved. Because we are sinners. When we are involved, there is always mess. But guess what? We are still in the process of sanctification. But I hope we surrender ourselves to Christ. And in humility, in awe of how Christ has done it, we begin to look at others' need and extend that consolation of Christ, that comfort of love, that fellowship of spirit, the affection and mercy that we experience from God and we let others experience them as well. Our relationship with Christ unites us. That unity brings us joy when we have that genuine and true relationship with God. Therefore, Jesus is the ultimate joy in every relationship. Apart from Christ, there will be no true unity and a relationship would always bound to fail. 
You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.